When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you so much. It is so awesome to be here in this space that we are here at Harvard today, speaking and listening and learning. And I don't know about you, but when I started driving through the grounds here this morning, I haven't even had a lot of time to walk around it, but just even being near the space, there's an energy in this space that just feels different. I'm sure that I've seen buildings like that before, but something about these ones feel different sure that I've seen trees like that before, a courtyard like this before, a room like this before, but something feels different. And every time that I told somebody that I knew that I was gonna be coming to speak at an event at Harvard, there was something that shifted in them. Even us that are here today, I would say that we're here because there's some part of us that wants to access that within ourselves, this pure potentiality. This is what the Chief Spiritual Officer does can see in others, what my role is and other people that do the work that I do, they can see the essence of someone, something. And I say something because it's not just human beings. It can be an animal. It could be a room. It could be an organization. It can be an event. And they connect into the essence of it. And then they support that whole space and everything that is a part of it to be able to draw out, to access and activate that pure potentiality and this infinite creativity. And I don't know about you, but that's what I wanna keep having in my life. And the organizations that I work with and the leaders that I work with, they're seeking the same thing. And the interesting thing is, cause I've wrestled with why chief spiritual officer? For one, it's a total paradox of a name. You've got this word spiritual in there, which is so confusing because we think it's religion and all these other things. Really what we're talking about is this energy, this untapped energy that is the greatest asset that it lives within our organization. And we can activate that thing, you get to go somewhere. But then it's nestled between this word chief and officer. These two like really hard things and you know, I was when I was working on on this talk and you know, really looking at this name, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, well, it's peace officer, because really, what we do as chief spiritual officer is we are able to bring peace and profit into an organization. And most often than not, it might people might start working with me because they want to make more money, more profits, they want to see more success from the place of like material abundance. But when it gets to the core root of what do you really want, what is this about? it in one way or another comes to either love or peace. So when we can bring both of those together in an organization and in our lives, this is what really will transform and take us into where we need to go. And so 
And I was thinking about a peace officer. And then I started thinking about when I was like, last time I got pulled over by um, a peace officer, I did not feel peaceful. <laughs> not a lot about me felt peaceful. All of the adrenaline went in my body and I felt really quite nervous. And I kept thinking like, how do I get out of this? I mean, I could just, you know, put on my, ch and I was like, no, you need to be honest, Juliana, you were speeding. And so, um, but you know, and so I think a lot of the time when we look in organizations, those that hold the level of the C-suite, we don't always feel peaceful when, we're, when we have to have a meeting with them or when we kind of think about them being the leader. Well, we want to transform that in our organizations. We want to transform that in our spaces when we're looking at our leaders and really connect into what creates that peace. And so with that, I want to share a story first about the first time I connected to my pure potentiality. And I was 16 years old. In you know the intro, I uh, said that you know I've had many many successful um, experiences in my life and my career, but my one vocation is love. Well, my first career was that as a professional dancer. So when I was young, I knew from the first time I saw, I went to the ballet with my mom in matching tartan outfits. We went to the Nutcracker, and I saw those dancers dancing on the stage. I knew that 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 activated something in me. I wanted to do what they do. It was only later in my life that what I really was connected to was the storytelling. So when Corey said he's a CSO storyteller, I'm like, me too. I thought I was a dancer my whole life and then I realized I'm a storyteller and then I realized I'm just like an activator of spirit. So, um, but I was there at this dance conference and it was the first one of its kind that I had been to that was like this. It was a week long, something was different about this dance convention. It wasn't just riddled with that same competition and that drive and you know just all these people. There was an energy and an essence of this one that was different and they were really here to activate something new in us. The truth of who I was as a dancer, not who the industry needed me to be. And so I'm standing there in this one uh, lyrical contemporary class. It's probably about 300 dancers in the room. They break us off into groups of 50 or so to dance on, to be able to sort of take our turn to, to do the number. And we were taught this piece of choreography by this choreographer that I like to describe as like the Richard Simmons of dance. <laughs> and so I think that's probably all I need to say. I don't know if there's anyone that exudes more life and energy and spirit than Richard Simmons does in his, in his domain. So this, this incredible man by the name of Doug Caldwell, who I see him, he would have never been given this title, but if he was still alive, I would message him and tell him, you were a chief spiritual officer. And he's probably saying right now in this room, someone here knows if he's here or not, um, <laughs> is, is saying, you know, yeah, yeah, I am a chief spiritual officer and I'm still operating as one wherever I am now. And, uh, and he knew how to activate the spirit of every dancer in that room. And I didn't have to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. I didn't even have to work with him one-on-one, -on -one. but he created a piece of choreography to a piece of music that was so connected to the essence of his spirit and the essence, it, it had a frequency in it that when he taught it to us and the way that he spoke to us in the whole room, it did something to me. And I stood there facing the back of the room because that's you know how the piece started. And, and even the fact that I got to face the back of the room and just have this quiet moment on my own first allowed me to just have a moment to ground myself, to come into stillness, to connect into this pure, just nature of me. And I said to myself in that moment, Juliana, just let it all go. Just let it go. Just go to your edges. Just whatever happens, just go to, just let it go. 
And the, I sat there, we started with our feet down, I put my head down, music starts playing, and I just start moving. And I move and I dance like I had never felt myself before. And I'm dancing this piece and I've got tears coming down my face. And I now don't even know if I'm in my body anymore, but something really cool is happening. And I finish and I look over to my dance teacher who was standing on the, on the edge and she has tears streaming down her face. And she says, Julianne, I've never seen you dance like that. And I said, I've never felt myself dance like that. In that moment of me connecting to this pure part of me, this essence of me, this pure potentiality, I got exponentially better. And I didn't have to spend any more time training or hustling or pushing that craft. I just got better. And so that is why this role of a chief spiritual officer, that is why being able to identify who in our life is our chief spiritual officer right now and where might we be one as well. And if we have an organization, where does this role fit in here so that we can now access with the least amount of effort possible, one of the spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra is the law of least effort and that we can access the least amount of, of effort possible, exponential potentiality in our people, because it's there sitting dormant. And that when, when we can activate and see that essence, and we have people in our companies that are specifically there, because this is their gift, to access this and to know how to activate it, you discover things that then can take your company, that can take those people, that come up with the new innovation, that access wisdom versus just hustling and pushing the knowledge, which may be what we can argue, what Martha Beck missed when she was at Harvard going to law school, is she was just knowledge, 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 and she needed more of the wisdom. And I'm sure now they're already marrying that, and I'm definitely gonna walk these grounds and find the places where that's happening. But that, that we access that. And so one of the first law, spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra is the law of pure potentiality. And in here, it reminds us that that field that connects us to everything exists within us. As I was flying here and taking off in the plane, my flight it was, it was at 6 a.m. And you know we were, we were beginning to take off and we were going through and the plane's just starting to rattle as it's breaking through the clouds. And just as it broke through the clouds, I had a window seat and that's, the sun just started to peek over and it just hit me in the face. And I thought about, you know, we all have those moments where we felt like it's been a cloudy day for a day or a week or a month. And that first time you feel the sun on your face, that's that feeling that I felt when I was 16 in that studio that I felt after eight years of, of, of having not being connected to my spirit, after working through um, companies and, and had taken the desk job I said I would never take. And when I lost my path, I went through eight years of living in total secrecy with bulimia. It was when I got pregnant with my son that, that that awoke something in me and I knew that this is not who I am and I'm gonna move in that path, that I kept feeling in multiple times in my life, I felt that moment of that sun just coming on my face. But I've never done it alone. I've tried to and I've thought I needed to, 
but I've never done it alone. And all of us need to have at least that one person in our lives or an organization that we put in place to steward and support us to steward our spirit and our soul's journey and our soul's path. And our organizations have a soul to it. They have a spirit to it. And Frederick Nietzsche has a quote that's one of my favorite quotes, and it says, invisible threads are the strongest ties. And, and earlier today, we heard a talk where it spoke about these cables that really keep that bridge together. And most of those things, or maybe it's all of it, we can chat later, we might wanna argue are, are invisible. We can't actually see them. They're not the tangible product that we're putting out. They're not the money that we're having on the table. It's all of these invisible ties that are the strongest. And so when we have somebody that's nurturing those, that's paying attention to those, that makes the invisible visible by being able to activate it and bring it out, we really are gonna be able to come up with the innovations and the creativity, the connection that occurs when that happens, that, the, that this next, um, that our new world needs, that the place that we're moving to next that I'm just gonna keep saying is, is good. We don't live in a doomsday world or life, but it feels like that sometimes. But there's so much good out there and we get to activate and keep bringing that forward. One of the, um, one of the leaders, when I really started to move into this work and really beginning to understand, you know, how do we bring the invisible or, and, and make it visible? I know what that and how I did that in my life, but how am I gonna bring that across organizations? And so I'd started going to different conferences and one of the conferences that I started attending was a Conscious Leaders Forum. And there I met a man by the name of Bob Chapman and he wrote this incredible book named Everybody Matters. And he talks about his own story and he owns multiple companies. Most things that you use, that, that water bottle somehow is probably connected to his organization. But his story is about everybody matters. Everybody is somebody's child. And when we think about, there was a child in this room earlier today that we looked at and I could see the light that shifted around people when they just interacted with that child. We all are somebody's child. And when we can tune into that and see that that's what supports me to see the essence of, of people, we can then interact with them with that nature, a childlike nature. And so um, I'd spoken to Bob Chapman. I was so inspired what he does. And he really speaks about like, um, about caring and caring matters. But I speak about love and I don't shy away from using the word love because I think that there's a frequency in the word love that we need to get more comfortable with and that we need to understand at a broader depth and that it's not a, just about a romantic thing or that we just hoard it and save it for just a few specific people in our lives. There is this love that exists in everything. That sun that, that, that I felt coming up, that is love. And it exists everywhere all the time, but we walk right past it. And so when Bob Chapman started hearing me talk about love and, I, and he's like, you need to talk to Jason Lippert because he is a leader who uses the word love all the time. He's done incredible things in his organization. So Jason and I, I got on a call with him and, um, and he's, we've become friends. Or some, he's somebody that's just really shown up. And if I text him, even when he was on a vacation with his family in Europe, last week, text me back right away. But him and I got on a conversation. I said, I want to find out more about what did you do in your organization? I've heard you've done some really incredible things and that you're not scared of the word love. And he says, no, I'm not. And so we started chatting and he had a company by the name of Lipper Components. He still has it. 
And um, if you have ever been in an RV or a boat or something like that, you, his, his uh, business will have created things that are that helping to make that make that run. And so his company was a couple million dollars doing really well. He had all this stuff. He was, you know, this, but there was something in him that was, that was missing. He wasn't totally happy. And he was driving his car one day and he all of a sudden heard this message. You need to start giving. And so we stopped there and he'll say, you know, he heard the message from God. And this is something I hear so much from the people that I work with. They come and work with me and they don't really realize or know, come with the intention of like, help me connect with my spirit. They're just trying to get somewhere and trying to kind of figure out how to feel more alignment. Inevitably, our conversation will go towards something in the spiritual nature. And then they lean in close. And this is clients and friends and different people. They'll lean in close to be like, you know, you're one of only two people I talk to about this stuff. And I say, well, it's a good, th the good news is you are not one of one or two people I talk to about this and you're not alone. And so when, when Jason told me the story about hearing this message, and often when you ask people, where did you get that idea from? They quietly lean in and they're like, well, I just kind of got this message. I kind of heard a voice or I kind of heard something. And we're, but we're not open about the fact that it comes from somewhere so much greater than us. But it's just how it works. So this is also why I, I, spiritual is in this word. It's not chief integrity officer, even though at the core, this is about being in, in the integrity of our soul and our spirit. But I think it's really important that we just claim some of these terms and we're able to use them and that then they de demystifies them a bit, makes them feel very normal. We, are, we all have this spirit in us. Um, there's enough stories and proof and studies out there to show it. Go and Google, you'll find something interesting. And um, so I'm talking to Jason and he tells me, you know, I got this message. And so in that moment, he took immediate direction and he drove his car to the Boys and Girls Club. And he started engaging in service there and really giving. And then he went to his company and said, I need to change something here. Because his organization, although it was making millions, people didn't stay there for longer than two years. And if people knew that they were going to work there, that you were going to work there, they'd say, well, good luck. How, see how you're going to last. You'll be gone in two weeks, two years. Like you, you won't make it longer. And so the thing that makes me so sad about that is not only what did those people at that time when they left the organization after two years feeling beat up, like their light got totally dimmed. How long did it take them to recover from that? If they ever really did. Like our organizations can in many ways create a lot of trauma and a lot of healing that now needs to happen as a result. So Jason admitted and knew this was what was happening in his company. And he said, I'm going to change this. And so the, I said, if you were to just, you know, what were, what, how, how did you really do it? And he shared two words, love and consistency. He met with his, his people. He told his organization, we want to listen to you. We want to hear you tell us everything. So they told them, honestly, what did they want? What needed to change? <coughs> they listened, they heard. They took action consistently. They owned up and said, I know you don't trust us. So we're going to do our best to regain that trust through love and consistency. And he's done that now year over year. They put coaching into their frontline level of workers because these are the people that have the most access to the rest of the organization. So when we want to really support our companies, we have to make sure that that training, that support, that coaching, that where people are really feeling like they're to develop their mind, um, their mental, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being, that it happens on all levels and not just in a couple of the C-suite positions. 
And so uh, he transformed it. They are now a $2.7 billion company. They are 14,000 people. They have a leadership program of their own because people started to say, what's people beg to work for this organization. They make the exact same product. They probably make it a whole lot better now because he chose to now follow his spirit. They chose to bring love. They integrated these principles, these spiritual principles of compassion and empathy and, and forgiveness and, and love and just all of those things. And they infused it in there. And so with consistency, the reason why when we have this position right in our organization and I develop programs that I go in and I operate as sort of the, the fractional C CSO. So I work for them uh, and then into the, with the intention that we then eventually hire and we put that position in place and we develop programming that then it, it is consistent in the organization. We don't just go off to, you know, a, a one weekend where we all feel really good, but we feel really good and then it dwindles off over time. Because we have to come back to, um, Avatar is one of my favorite movies, and we have to come back and plug into the mother tree over and over and over again, and that mother tree has to live in your company. It has to live in your life. And so identifying where is that mother tree in my life? Where is that person? What are these systems and rituals and things that I attend to on a regular basis to ensure that love and consistency is in my life and that I am really able to continue to nurture my spirit so that that pure potentiality, that inner infinite creativity is able to just be in flow. And so with that, I just thank you for having me here today. I think I wrapped that all up there. <laughs> and uh, and I, just, uh, I just see each and every single one of you as that, that light. And, and I think when I look at the, the planet as a whole, I see all of us as a light. And I know that once we begin to activate this, we begin to see it, that those lights shine brighter and it's what eventually will light up, light up our company, light up our lives and, and light up our, our world. And so thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.